Crying. Welcome to episode 70 of No Crying in Baseball, the Apologies Are Sexy episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my apologetic friend, Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Yeah, I'm on the giving end of those apologies, not on the sexy end, but definitely on the giving end. This week on the show, we're going to start with those apologies. Potty Mouth apologizes to God and everybody, and it's it's deserving. We're going to talk about how veteran players are chiming in on social media about the free agency fiasco. We're going to tell you about our boyfriends from the Yankees and the Pirates. We're going to welcome back our friends from Belize, Tony and Coach Drew, and we're going to give them the baseball boyfriend test and see how they do. Last thing we're going to do is talk about some proposals made by Major League Baseball and the the Players Association, the Players Union, about rule changes and how we feel about them. But first, to the apologies. I'm going to get two apologies over with right away. First, I need to make a public apology to a former boyfriend of mine, Carlos Asuaje, who was on the Padres last year. Unfortunately, Asuaje didn't do so well last year, and he was let go, and he decided to play in South Korea. And he started to do a video series of his experience in South Korea. So in the last one, he starts it off and talks about how he can't be the clown anymore, that he was a clubhouse guy. He loved hanging out with the guys in the clubhouse, having that space, but it doesn't work when you don't speak the language. But what he does connect with, with his new found friends on his new team, is video games. They all play video games together. And I actually made fun of him, or maybe, I don't know, criticized him a bit, I guess, right? Yeah, you said all, his whole Twitter feed was all stuff about video games and not really about baseball, and I, that was disappointing. Yeah, I think I said he should be paying more attention to his baseball game than you, his video games. You might not have been wrong there in the fact that he is no longer in the major leagues. Although the video games are giving him yeah. this way of connecting, and who knows? Who am I to judge? He was a major, major league player, he's playing in South Korea, and he's using his skills for good now. And we get to say Aswahe yet again. There was a whole episode name for him, so I felt really like we did have to come back around to him. Who else are you apologizing to today, Potty Mouth? I'm apologizing to perhaps the man I've insulted the most on this podcast. Scott Boris? Oh, there is another one. Okay, up and coming. Future episode. Future episode. (laughs) This time, it's Cece Sabathia, the guy that I'm constantly amazed can pitch, period, let alone paint the corners. Okay, to be fair, you weren't really wrong about that either, because your your criticism was always, he looks like he's about to have a heart attack. And it turns out, you were right. Yeah. Yeah. What an off-season it was. Uh Uh-huh. He has uh, thought about that heart attack, I believe, and along with his knee, which has been a huge issue for a number of years, and we knew he was going to retire, but he's actually made it official now. And the thing that I have to apologize about is that he's really a good guy, as much as I have criticized him. What he's doing with his retirement when he hits every ballpark in the American League plus San Francisco, I believe, He is hosting kids from those local boys and girls clubs to to attend the game because that's where he spent his youth and learned his baseball skills and wants to give back to the boys and girls club. So that's part of his farewell tour is sponsoring. Oh, man. Yeah, he he deserves an apology. I want in on that, too. I'm sorry, Cece. All right, let's talk about these veteran players. So social media, which gave us a bad feeling about a swahe, is actually giving a voice to a lot of players to address what's happening with free agency and rule changes and all kinds of things that are happening in the world of baseball. In the past, in free agency season, the teams, the management of the teams, the ownership of the teams controlled the message that went out to the world. Here's where we are in negotiations. 
we as baseball fans only knew what we were told by the teams. Now players are speaking up, especially veterans who have signed free agency contracts. They're safe now. So you've got Jake Arrieta, you've got Christian Yelich, you've got my buddy, my home is still a little afraid of, Max Scherzer speaking out and saying, what a shit show the free agency is right now, partially because it allows teams to badmouth players to try to devalue them as opposed to saying how excited we are to be negotiating with this player. Like, well, yeah, we want you for this, but you're not as good as you think you are, which is not good for the game, right? Because it's taking so damn long, there's no time to build relationships within the team. You walk into a clubhouse, they're already halfway through spring training. You miss all that team building time with them. And the fan base, we've talked about this. You don't have the excitement going into the season where this guy's going to be on our team. I can't wait. I'm already buying his jersey. That's not happening yet. We've had some owners saying, well, we're trying to rebuild and so we can't afford the star. And Arietta is, is one who called that out and said, oh, come on, you don't think you can rebuild and sign a Harper or a Machado at the same time? That would be a hell of a rebuilding year. So it's really cool that teams are being called out on this. Like the business of baseball is being called out by the people who play baseball. And a lot of them are very much labor-related posts. The other thing Scherzer talked about is related to the teams not wanting to spend any money in their rebuilding year. He said, that's how you get only bandwagon fans. You don't build your fan base that's going to stay with you through thick and thin. And yet all of these terrific um, pitchers can't be boyfriends because we have a rule about that. So let's talk about our other boyfriends who are not pitchers. And we're, oh, this is a tough week for us because we are starting with the Yankees. If you've been listening to me on this podcast, you will understand that I had to pick Didi Gregorius, shortstop of the Yankees, as my boyfriend because of the Curacao connection Go back to past podcasts, any of them really, for more information on that. The big news about him now is that he had Tommy John surgery at the end of last season. So the Yankees had to do some planning around him for this season. And that's why they brought in Troy Tulowitzki. And I am going to say that that's why I really don't think they're going to sign Machado because I love Gregorius and I think they do too. And they know he's going to come back. So we're counting on him being back sometime between June and August, which seems like a pretty fucking big window to me when you're talking about baseball. So you do have more shortstops, right? Because that's going to really put a damper on your fantasy baseball league if your shortstop doesn't really start till, say, July. Unlike last year, I think I have a lot of shortstops. Okay, good. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Gregorius has always been kind of hanging on there. He's only had one-year contracts with the Yankees. And as we talk about this free agency stuff, I'm thinking that they're going to want to lock him down. So I'm going to be betting on that he comes back this year and does well. There's a couple of things that I love about him that totally sold him for me. Number one... He doesn't play well against Boston. So I'm, <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> I'm picking a boyfriend because of his poor performance in one very specific area. I am not going to a place of surprise about that. That's for sure. <laughs> he hit 164 against Boston last year when his overall average was 268. <laughs> right into the next thing that I love about him is that he beat one of Derek Jeter's records. God of the Yankees, Derek Jeter. He beat his records for home runs by a shortstop in a season. Jeter had 24, and Gregorius notably had 27 playing uh, 20 less, at least 20 fewer games. He actually started off with the Reds, only played eight games with them when he came up, and then went to Arizona. His first at-bat of his, his first pitch of his first at-bat in Arizona was a home run. He's also got a, uh, a fun side. 
he has this really cool Instagram post around Halloween where he dressed up as Black Panther. And, you know, Black Panther is too cool. So it's a little bit of a hack job with the video, kind of Aswahe-ish. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's still impressive. You just made Aswahe even more fun to say. <laughs> Aswahe-ish. <laughs> That's a new word. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, what else? Oh, I almost got totally caught up with this. He has a Twitter code. So when he tweets, and he tweets a lot about the games, he has an emoji for each player. So if you look up the game and you figure out who did what, it'll say like baby bottle, two run home run, volcano, double, and you are you can figure out who those guys were. I started, I figured out that the volcano was Stanton and the baby bottle was baby Glaber Torres. And then I thought, oh my God, I'm going to spend all night on this. I, I may spend all night on this now and it's going to in- involve a spreadsheet, I think, and a lot of a lot of really geeky tools. It'll so. be a colorful spreadsheet though, with all the little emojis oh, on yeah. one side. Oh, That'll sure. look great. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be trouble. It's a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's so bad. Even more fascinating, this Curacaoan thing. Last week, I tried to say the name of the the actual native language in Curacao because all these players speak four languages. They speak Dutch, the Dutch islands, English, Spanish, they're right next to Venezuela, and their their native language is Papiamentu, which I came really close to saying last week. And it turns out that that language is a combination of the following, Spanish, Portuguese, Dutch, English, French, Arawakan, which is an indigenous language, and African languages. All that rolled up into one mega creole. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he he does identify with the Hispanic players. He says, me siento hispano. I feel like I'm Hispanic because he gets along well with the Venezuelans and Dominicans on the team. Well, that and it really cuts down the number of languages you need to have mastery over or use on a daily basis. Yeah. You're down to like two then. The, the Papamiento Club is just my little boyfriend corner at this point. He's an artist and a is photographer. He? Do tell. And he posted a drawing that he had done of Derek Jeter two months before he was traded to the Yankees. Do you think that had some influence on the wheeling and or dealing? It might have. It might have. It's good. It's kind of like eighth grade good art student good. I heard air quotes when you said the word good. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Sure it is. And wait, there's so much more. This is crazy. His parents are athletes. His mom played for the Dutch national softball team. She was a hard-hitting catcher. He posted a video of her on his Instagram now doing running drills with a parachute attached to her back to increase the wind drag to make this more challenging. And she was ripped. Dad, on the other hand, still played pro ball, but with the Amsterdam Pirates. So notably, mom was the only one on the national team. His grandfather played for a Curacaoan team. So their Curacaoan, his parents born in Curacao, went over to Netherlands to play ball, came back when Didi was young, and he grew up there, as did his brother, who is an Orioles prospect. The, oh, one thing about his grandfather. They said he was 6'7", and that he could hold nine baseballs in one hand. Is that humanly no, possible? Could, no, no. I want, I want proof. I can't. I, I, don't. I don't even want photographic proof because Photoshop is our friend there. I want to meet this guy and see him do it. Damn it. I don't get it. No, no. Didi Gregorius is a sir. He was knighted because he played for the 2011 Baseball World Cup team, which was the last year that tournament existed because it merged with the World Baseball Classic. And Curacao won. So he was knighted, and he his Twitter name is Sir Didi. So a question there. You had told me before that they were knighted instead of being paid. Yeah. If it were you, what would you prefer? Would you like to be knighted, or would you like cash money? I guess it depends on the pay. 
But yeah. he's getting a lot of like coverage with this night yeah, sure. thing. It, it's working for him. I mean, like a lot of people would prefer title to cash. I just figure, you know, sending a kid to college, I really want the cash rather than being Sir yeah. Patty. But, you know, it'd be okay. I didn't find out anything about his marital status. But I do know, and this is another theme for me today, the walk-up music. His walk-up is Notorious by Notorious, I can't even pronounce it, by Notorious B-I-G because it rhymes with Gregorious. And I believe the fans sing along to the walk-up song because it's freaking cool. I almost picked him for that, but then I, I was outvoted with the whole curse sound thing. And really basing it only on the walk-up song would not have been enough, but Potty Mouth found lots of other good things. So I confronted the Yankee roster. It's hard. It's hard because, you know, if you've listened to us for more than a minute and a half, you know, we have no love lost for the Yankees. So I cheated again. I didn't cheat. He's really a Yankee now. I went with um, David John DJ LeMahieu, second baseman, 30 years old, because he just now became a Yankee, so he doesn't really have the Yankee stank on him yet. And he already had the haircut. So I'm kind of picking him before he gets in too deep, right? Before he becomes one of them. And you know, he's he's a worker player. He's going to play his heart out. He's going to do his best for his team. And I appreciate that. I'm just going to keep thinking about him as a Rocky wearing pinstripes, which is kind of weird. So the Yankees brought him on for two years for $24 million as a super utility player because he can play a lot of positions. So he's going to back everybody up. We don't know if he's going to have a starting infield position or not, but he, I think he should sure as heck. So he grew up in Visalia, California, which is in the Central Valley of California, which is hot, hot, hot. So his dad worked out with him from when he was a little kid. And it's so hot that... DJ would wake his dad up wee hours of the morning to go outside and run drills with him before it got too hot outside. That's good parenting. Right there, that's good parenting. Yeah, we are not a morning people in my household, so that never would have worked. So yeah, that's also why my kid doesn't play Major League Baseball. They moved to <laughs> Michigan when uh, when DJ was farther along in school. So he went to high school in Michigan. He hit, in his senior year of high school, 574. For the season. 574. That's crazy. He only struck out twice in 92 at bats. That's even more crazy. Right? That's super impressive. Right? So um, so there's a Gatorade player of the year for high school players, and he won that twice for the entire state of Michigan. Does that mean he got doused twice with the Gatorade? Possibly more than that, because I think they probably won a lot of games, too, with his help. But yeah, I think the official dousing was probably twice. Um, so the Tigers noticed him. The Detroit Tigers noticed him because he's right there in Michigan. And they tried to draft him out of high school in 2007. He said, no, thank you. I'm going to college. So he went to Louisiana State where he helped get that team to the world, to the College World Series in 2008 and 2009, at which point he was drafted in the second round by the Cubs in 2009. He had his, made his debut in 2011 with the Cubs. Not all that notable that season, kind of up and down. And they traded him to the Rockies right after that season. So it's kind of a cup of coffee with the Cubs, really. So he's played a lot of years in the majors, right? And he still maintains a 298 batting average after years and years and years of playing. So that's pretty awesome. His highlight was in 2016 when he won the batting title for the National League with a 348 batting average. I was not happy with this that year. That was the year that Daniel Murphy was still with the Nationals, and he was vying with DJ LeMahieu for that title. Murphy played. He kept playing till the end of the season. Why is that unusual? Because LeMahieu was sat. 
his manager said, okay, don't take any more at-bats because you're in the lead. And if you take some more at-bats, your your average may dip down below Murphy's and you may not win. So it comes down to whose decision was that? Yeah, I can't imagine they would let him make that decision. So I want to believe that because I would like for him to be my boyfriend. Yeah. And if it was DJ LeMay, he's saying, I'm sorry, I'm too full of myself. I don't want to play anymore because I want to win this title. I, no, that would not fly. Yeah, Ted Williams was under that situation when he was at 400, but it was a discussion between him uh-huh. and the manager. Sure. And the manager said, it's up to you. And he was like, I'm going to play. Yeah, because that's what you want. You want mm-hmm. the guys that'll play. Eh. So there's that. That's a little bit of a twinge for me. There's also the fact that this happened when he was in Coors Field for much of the time. Mm. He's got an interesting dichotomy between his batting averages. You know, Coors Field, high altitude, it's a hitter's park, right? So he was, he hit. 329 at home and only toast 264 on the road. So who knows what that batting title might have looked like had he been playing in a different field as his home field. But in the meantime, Heart and Hustle Award, the Boyfriend Award in 2015. He was an all-star 2015 and 2017. Gold Glove second baseman in 2014, 17, and 18. He was the Wilson Defense's Sexy Player of the Year. Oh, would it be great if they called it that? Um, Player of the Year for 2017 and 2018. But the thing that I think Potty Mouth will like most about him is his relationship with her former boyfriend, Charlie Blackman. So they were roommates for a long time until DJ got married to his now wife, Jordan, in 2014. And Blackman, who just got married, until then, apparently still had piles of junk at the LeMayhew house because, as he called it, after workouts, they go over there for video game sleepovers. And Jordan would make them chicken enchiladas while the boys played video games. I need a wife. I think Carlos Esuaje would be super jealous. Right? Right. He needs, he needs a, we all need, we all need Jordan LeMayhew to make us chicken enchiladas or enchiladas enchiladas enchiladas. of your choice (laughs) at any point for all of our sleepovers. So he did say he was officially the third wheel in that marriage. But he also really appreciated LeMayhew for what he stood for in baseball and his his code and his work ethic and all those things. He would say, DJ is my litmus test. If I'm doing what DJ is doing, I'm doing the right thing. Every ball that is hit to him is an out. So these are definitely boyfriend points, points as far as I'm concerned. I want to highlight two more things. One is this weird little one-off line in his official Major League Baseball bio that says, in quotes, enjoys swimming with his shirt on. There's no context. I don't know what that means, but okay, why not? You if know, you maybe enjoy it, maybe it's like skin are. protection. It could be. And then going through his social media feeds, my favorite thing about his Twitter feed as a as a Rocky, and I'm sure it's going to continue, is he spent most of his time amplifying the good things that his teammates were doing. It wasn't, hey, look at me. It was, look at these guys. These guys are awesome. And one thing that he promoted last year, which really made me happy, was he promoted the fact that Jenny Kavnar, the first woman to call a play-by-play game in the major leagues, did it for the Rockies in April. And he helped tell the world about that. So thank you, DJ. You're my boyfriend on the, God bless it, the Yankees. Because of this Yankees aversion, can't believe I chose Francisco Cervelli for my pirate's boyfriend. We are full of surprises today. Well, you're full of surprises today. Yeah, what happened was I looked at my list, and because of that ugly trade last week with Jorge Alfaro, I didn't have any catchers. And I was like, shit, I should at least look at the catcher and see if I can draft one. And I absolutely fell for Cervelli, despite my poor past with him, which will lead to yet another apology. What hooked me first is I was skimming this article and I saw a quote for him that said, that made me feel sexy right now. And I thought, 
hmm, what could that be? A it's sexy- a keyword search on your on your part, it isn't is. it? It is. If yeah. you're scanning through and you see some guy talking about feeling sexy, you're kind of intrigued what's going on and it turns out that this was an interview at the end of the season last year and a member of the press said and I quote now that you've established yourself as a home run hitter so first he made that member of the press repeat it and then he said that made me feel sexy right now a home run hitter is not exactly what he had been historically last season he had his career high of 12 home runs which is pretty amazing for a 32 year old who's been around 17 seasons. Also amazing for this somewhat older guy is his off-season workouts. I will post a few. You have got to see it. It includes this yoga wrestling interpretive dance style activity. That's a quote from Cespedes Family Barbecue on Twitter, but if you watch it, it would probably come to your mind also. This workout he did with Josef Martinez of Atlanta United, a soccer player, and he did a whole bunch of other stuff on a beach and with a tennis ball and a wheelbarrow. You get to see it to believe it. He also in one article referred to his mom as his personal trainer. So this is another mom theme that I'm having today. Go mom. He loves his mom so much that he brought her to Italy in the off season. Now Cervelli is uh, ethnically half Italian. His dad is Italian and his mom's Venezuelan. He grew up in Venezuela. His dad moved there when he was five years old, his father that is. And But the, the Italian identity has been very important for Cervelli. His walk-up song, another theme of mine today, is That's Amore. Wait, wait. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza, that is a freaking awesome walk-up song. Really good walk-up I got to rethink song. my walk-up songs now. And he also played in the World Baseball Classic in both 09 and 17 for Italy, despite the fact that he grew up in Venezuela. So he's got that... That connection, that identity. I got to believe it's harder to make the Venezuelan team than the Italian baseball team. Maybe there's that. All right. He was signed by the Yankees Young in 2003 out of Venezuela as a catcher, and he had never played catcher. But apparently at that like tryout game where the scouts were, they asked him to throw a ball from behind home plate to, to throw to the second baseman to see if he could do it. And he threw it into the outfield. And they said, you know what? Let's see how you do as catcher. He was a little bit roughy, rough in the beginning, the first couple of years, and they actually almost released him in 2005 until mom came in and said, no, thank you. Give him another shot. She said it very politely. His mom talked them into that, into keeping him for another? Apparently, yeah. The, the scouts came to the house and were having the family conversation, and his mom was like, no, thank you. Okay, so with the last guy, I realized I had to, I had to up my mom workout game. Now I've got to just up my mom game. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Stick up for those kids. Yeah. I thought I did. (laughs) He debuted in September of 08. He would have debuted uh, earlier, but he had an injury. In spring training of 08, somebody slid into him at home. Something was broken. It delayed things. And that was kind of a harbinger of future injuries that ended up happening. He did come up more in 09 when Posada was injured. And that was that year that the Yankees won the World Series. He didn't actually get to play in it, but he did have a big role in getting him there. At one point, he was called the best defensive catcher by Baseball America because he had caught 10 out of 23 caught stealing attempts, which was leading the league. CeCe Thabathia, the guy that we're now admitting is a really good guy, praised him because he caught a complete shutout pitched by CeCe. 
ton of injuries, unfortunately, broken stuff, wrist, foot. His head has been bashed so many times, including a backswing when he was playing in Venezuela. He was beamed in the head when he w- on his 24th birthday. And here comes the apology because he had this crazy helmet and he looked like the great gazoo from the Flintstones. I thought that was humorous back then. And actually, my friend Santiago told me, you know, that's because he's had concussions. But I didn't realize how bad it was getting beamed in the head and backswinged. It's, I, now I feel really bad. I am sorry, Cervelli, for making fun of your helmet. That was it. That's three for threes. Wow, the apologies are coming fast and furious. So this mom, here she lays it down again, he was sent down to the minors in 2012, and she had a talk with him, and she said, you've got two choices, come back to Venezuela with me or start playing like you play, because what I see now is embarrassing. Oh, ouch. get your acting gear. The talk from mom seemed to have worked. He was doing okay at the start of 13. He started as a catcher, and then, damn it, broken wrist again, some surgeries, he was actually rehabbing from a surgery when the whole bio, biogenesis deal exploded. If you remember the A-Rod and PED use and a whole bunch of Yankees involved, I do including Cervelli. The thing about Cervelli, as compared to some other people, is that he just fessed up right away. And he said, I did it. He took his suspension. He gave a private apology to Girardi, saying I shouldn't have done it. And he said that he, although he admits responsibility, he said that he took advice from people he shouldn't have. He said it was the worst year of his life, and the Yankees signed Brian McCann as a catcher, so he was thinking that things were going to look pretty bleak the next year. He did end up getting traded in November of 2014 to, to the Pirates, and it was really his second chance, and he loves being a Pirate. He was one of the first Venezuelan players who came out with a loud statement with all the issues in 2017 around protests against Machado, and he wore black SOS Venezuela marks under his eyes, and he actually was one of the two who orchestrated a video for Instagram with 13 players because he said the human rights there are zero. No one is doing anything. We need help. He's visited hospitals there. He ships packages. And I will definitely post a link to a very moving piece that he wrote for the Players' Tribune. But it's not all serious with Cervelli. He had Cervelli Culinary Craft Camp at the local YMCA. I already want to go based on the title alone. What would I do there? You would have a two-hour session. You had to be signed up for a Y camp already. First session was cooking, Italian cooking, of course, with a professional chef. And the second was 45 minutes with a local painter. So Cervelli does both of these things, but he didn't want to teach them. He thought he could get better experts. He hired these experts to come in. But the coolest part is he did the camp with the kids. So he cooked, he painted, he hung out with the kids. I like him. And the painting he actually had learned as uh, rehabbing from one of his hand surgeries. That painting was good for his hand. Look at the artist theme, the mom thing. You've got a lot going on. The walk-up thing. There's a lot going on. It's very coherent. Cervelli's going to be great this year. He's totally dedicated to the Pirates. He's coming off of a banner year, and he's saying it might be his last year. He has been concussed a lot. It's probably time to hang things up. But he said that this year he hopes he hits double digits. Oh, my God. Double digits. Double digits. That would be, again, with a home run but this time with the two in front. I hope so, too. Especially because I want to know what the, du- the dibble, du- dibble, <laughs> dibble double digits. <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe I'll edit that. 
Maybe so. My boyfriend for the Pirates is Eric Gonzalez, second base, at least listed as second base, probably going to be shortstop, age 27. And I'm doing that thing again. I'm picking the new guy on the team. This time, I'm picking a new guy that comes from a team that I really, really like, which would be that Cleveland team. Here's why this is going to be super good for Eric Gonzalez. As the player on the Cleveland team, where he largely played the left side, and if you do the math, the left side is shortstop, third base, sometimes second base. Second base can go either direction there. Who is he stuck behind? Francisco Lindor at short. Kipnis at second. And all-star Jose Ramirez and my boyfriend at third base. He did not get a lot of playing time. So he actually really, really welcomed the five-player deal that sent him from the Cleveland team to the Pirates. He has been with Cleveland his whole career until just now. He was signed out of the Dominican Republic in 2009, played a lot of ball down there. Remember, we've talked about the academies that are set up in the Dominican Republic and other countries um, by Major League Baseball teams. So he kind of came up through the Cleveland's academy down there. He finally made Class A ball in the Cleveland um, in the Cleveland organization in 2013 as, guess what, a super utility player. I'm saying that again. He played all positions except for pitcher and catcher. He played high A in 2014 where he um, made the all-star team for the for high A minor league ball. Then he went on to Akron AA, which is, yes, the rubber ducks. I'm saying it again. And for that season, he hit 309. So, Bumped up to AAA for 2015, kind of a slump year, but 2016 was his breakout year. It was a big honking coming out party at the 2016 minor league all-star game. It was a defensive gem for him, including what is rumored. I could not find a video clip to see this with my own eyes, but it was referenced a couple of times, a glove flip double play in the bottom of the ninth. Not only was it a defensive gem, but he also hit a solo home run. And the, those things all put together was like waving your arms around and jumping up and down saying, pay attention to me. And it worked because he got called up to the show immediately after that game. So the Pirates want him for the sexy, sexy defense, right? The scouts there say he's got more range than anybody you've had at short. So they're talking about him. At shortstop, they're calling him a young Freddie Galvis. If you remember Freddie Galvis, who played a lot of years for the Phillies, other end of the state. So he's got this nickname that I had to call in my favorite translator, Potty Mouth, to help me figure out. It was La Perita. When I put it in Google Translate, it wanted to make it Italian. And clearly, if he's from the Dominican, it's got to be Spanish. Patty Mouth, you want to explain what we think it is? This is a, a slightly educated guess, somewhat educated guess. I was thinking parita is a diminutive of para, and para means stop. So I asked Patty, does he play shortstop by any chance? Because ding, ding, that ding. would be like a little stop. A little stop. Now, he's not that little, however, because he's 6'3". But how about that? But he's been playing shortstop since he was six, when he was, in fact, a little shortstop. He also has more nicknames than I think any human is required to have. In, in interviews I read with Terry Francona, Francona referred to him as Gonzo and Gonzi. It lists La Parita. That's what he picked for Players Weekend last year when he was at Cleveland. And for his um, social media handles, he uses El Mago, which we also know is Baez's nickname and a whole bunch of other people's nicknames in professional sports and in other places with his number of 31, which is not going to be his number at the Pirates. He's down to number two now, I think. What he's really excited about more than anything 
And this is one of those boyfriend, you know, check off the box. He wants to play every day. That was the thing he didn't like about Cleveland. He was stuck playing only every once in a while. He wants to play every day. He thinks that's going to help sharpen his offensive skills. Um, that he, They definitely hired him much more for his glove than his bat right now. Um, he'll be, he said that now I feel like my passion is going to be on fire again because I'm going to play more now. That's pretty great. He's competing with a young prospect in the Pirates organization called Kevin Newman. But more and more writers are saying that it looks like Gonzalez is going to get the opening day shortstop gig. He hits really hard, but he still hits a lot of ground balls. So that's something that he's got to fix. His dad, Raymond, has been his hitting coach since he was very young. And even Francona pointed out in the past couple years when it was a question of will Gonzalez make the roster in Cleveland, he said, you can make a mistake if you take the guy with the highest batting average, not looking at other factors. What are your needs? What else can he bring? That's why Gonzalez did indeed make that roster. He plays winter ball in Dominican for Leonis de Escogido. He is married. His wife's name is Lisette. I found gorgeous pictures of the two of them, but no actual information. It appears they kind of keep their private stuff private, which I admire. It makes me a little frustrated when I want to tell stories, but um, that's okay. I'm good with that. His social media is way heavy on inspirational quotes, which usually make me nuts, but his are actually pretty good if I can believe Google Translate. And I, I why wouldn't I? Right? Oh, I'll go check them out. Yeah, I'll go check them you'll, out. you'll help me with that. The other thing his social media is is way heavy on is him looking good in civilian clothes. I'm good with that. So, okay, he's also kind of a cutie pie, if I may say cutie pie. So I am rooting for Eric Gonzalez on the Pirates because this is the year he finally gets his chance, and I'm hoping he does super well. Speaking of guys we like, we're going to check back in with our friends from Belize right now. So we want to welcome back our friends from Belize, Tony and Coach Drew. And I just got to say, they have identified themselves as our Belizean boyfriends. So we're going to have to give them the boyfriend test to make sure they match up. Because there's a couple of things we look for when we pick boyfriends from teams. One of them is love the game. Clearly, you guys love baseball. The second thing is something special like community involvement. Clearly, you guys have that. But the third one is mad baseball skills. And we don't yet know that about you. So tell us about the game. How'd you do? Well, I could I could say pretty uh pretty much I'm a pretty versatile Swiss Army knife. So the majority of the time yesterday I was catching. Uh we like we we've been talking about over the last three times we've been in contact through text and even on the show. Not everyone in this country is up to par with our skill level. So a couple of the throws that I was making, these guys were stealing, trying to steal off Tony. Uh they weren't able to handle the ball. And uh basically we were giving up runs just from the the immense third base stealing throw that I acquire. So your, your infielders needed a little more practice. Is that what you're saying? Uh, my third baseman, my third baseman was giving me trouble. So, so what was the, the bottom line though? Who won the game? Well, the game, we didn't end up playing against a team that we were supposed to play against. Oh, what happened? Certain, um, there's kind of a calamity that we're going to address. There was a big, big uh, issue yesterday involving the Guatemalans. A Cuban that was in Guatemala, they didn't grant him access into the country. So they said, oh. if he's not coming, we're not coming. Because we're a team, right? Yeah. Right. Leave no so man behind. They stayed pretty loyal to this guy, and he ended up being their coach. Unfortunately, they had to turn back. So we came to the stadium, Tony and I, a little bit later after all that was cleared up. And uh, we had a bunch of guys waiting. So we had about, what, 25 kids? Yeah, we had about two teams out there. Two boy. teams worth. I mean, I wasn't expecting that at all. So what we were able to do in lieu of the game was to have a little exhibition amongst ourselves, the adult, the senior league, and then uh, some of the kids. 
That's a really good way of changing a, a problematic situation into something that's still fun and worthwhile for people to a positive do. Positive from a negative. I mean, it was really yeah. great. Yeah, it, it was. It was. We actually had a Dominican pitch, and then I got on board to pitch. And oh yeah, Tony could talk about pitch. his skills now yeah. too. Oh yeah, I was catching, but Tony was the one popping the mitt. Yeah, I was. I was pitching, and um, I pitched the whole rest of the games. The Dominican guy pitched about two, three, three innings. I pitched the rest, and I actually did pretty good. I shut down the side every time. Fantastic. So guys. All right. You, it sounds like you guys qualify. I think they qualify. I think we've picked our boyfriends from I the Blues team. I think that totally okay. works. Right. We're, pretty much, we're pretty much grade A material, ladies. I mean, I don't <laughs> want to complain about All right. else's situation, but... All I right. think we're, we pretty much made the cut before yeah. you even brought it up. And, and, yeah, and the way we usually end that is we want to pick guys that we'd like to have a beer with. But in this case, maybe a rum cocktail. Yeah, a coconut rum. A that coconut sounds rum. like All a right. really good plan. Excellent. Under rocks. So are you guys going to try to reschedule this game with Guatemala? Or you think it's just a no-go because of the, the whole crossing the border status? Or what's going to happen, you think? No, no. We're going to actually reschedule this game with Guatemala. The team even had gifts and they even had a homemade home plate which said in Spanish, Un Juego Sin Fronteras, which in English stands for a game without borders. And they had the Belize flag, the Guatemala flag, which is really touching, you know, and it was really sad. But um, coming this month right here in March, we're going to schedule games with um, the Chetama team in the Mexican League. Great. They have three teams that want to play us shortly, and we're going to schedule that. We actually, at the game yesterday, we actually found some good players that we can put together a nice, solid team, you know. You know, I just wanted to say something about that home plate that that Juego Sin Fronteras is especially important given the history between Belize and Guatemala and that border being disputed for so long. So to yeah. to have two countries come together that have had issues with the border for years through baseball is totally what this is all about, right? This was not just about baseball, it was about setting apart a dispute and having a friendship and a brotherhood with these guys, you know, for many years and many generations, you know. Thank you guys so much. And so we're going to have to keep in touch so that next time when you do play, if it's either Mexico or Guatemala or both, we want to hear how you guys are doing. We got to we got to keep up on our boyfriends. OK, yes, of course. Of course. Yeah, we're... I don't I'm not I'm not big on long distance, but um, <laughs> I want like pretty much. Yeah, just 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 constant communication. All but, right. Uh, no, honestly, I want to I want to kind of touch back to uh, what we were talking about with the border and everything. What I was saying with Tony in the car, we were kind of sitting there like, man, our, our country kind of screwed up. Like they really didn't. They dropped the ball. Uh, I was bringing up to him the whole facet of the Olympics back in the day in Greece was that everyone was going to be able to just drop their fighting, the wars that were going on. Everything was ceasefire. And everyone just came, competed, enjoyed each other's cultures for that brief amount of time. This was something that we were kind of looking forward to doing as far as Guatemala and be able to take it to the higher levels and the top ups whoever's in charge there, like it was going to really be uh, a focal point of moving forward, getting this thing resolved. So um, it's not dead yet. That whole idea is not dead yet. They're really still friendly with us. Like they, they understood what was going on. So um, yeah, no, we're really, we're really focusing on keeping that going. Well, we're, we're rooting for you here for sure. All right. We're going to check yeah. back in with you guys, hopefully in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, thanks for uh, hanging out with us yet again. Take care. Thank you. Thank right, you. Ladies. You guys take care. Have a great evening. Great talking to you guys. So Potty Mouth and I think we're going to want to check back with these guys again later. You let us know if you think we should keep doing this because they're a lot of fun, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something that's not a lot of fun but pretty important, this is going to be some homework that we assign you. Um, Potty Mouth's a teacher, so she's really good at that, and I'm a geek, so I want to I want to do this as well. Right now is the time where Major League Baseball and the 
Players Association start negotiating things like rule changes. What's going to be different this season or next season in the way the games are played? A couple things are being discussed. One of them is the universal designated hitter. Bane of my existence. You'll hear otherwise from Potty Mouth. We have a difference of opinion on this issue, I would say. We do. And we're going to just go with the fact that Patty's opinion is the right one. Mm. And Potty Mouth's is just because she doesn't care if pitchers are actual athletes or not. I get, I'm get. i getting back up. I'm getting back up. Yeah. I don't know. I, I got back up too. But I'm going to tell you this. Potty Mouth, when she talks about Bartolo Colon, what does she mention? That really cool home run he hit, right? That stuff's going to go away without... You know, if, if everyone has a designated hitter. I, I'm going to let it go because I know that we're tight on time, but oh! I, I totally disagree. Again, I still I, disagree. Again, I can't really pick the fight I want yeah. to pick. Well, we're going to um, have more beer later once the yeah. microphones are off and we're going to talk more. Um, other things that are being discussed are moving the pitcher's mound back. Because why? Because pitchers are stronger than they used to be and they throw harder than they used to be and they're striking everybody out. They might lower the mound. For the same reasons, to make it the ball, give give the batters a little more of a chance, I guess. Another pitcher-related thing is there is talk about requiring that relief pitchers face a minimum number of batters, like three is the number being tossed around, to kind of eliminate that one-to-one matchup that in the playoffs takes the, half the game time. That's That sounds reasonable to me. That might be a good way to start. Yeah, I was all in on that. Then I read some things and say, well, but then, you know, you lose some of the strategy. And then, uh, okay. It's a different strategy. It's a different it strategy. Yeah. Yes, you're exactly right. So I would be okay with that. There's a there's talk about reducing the number of mound visits again. I think reducing the mound visits in this last season worked pretty well. No one came close that in any game I went to, to hitting the, the number, like the limit of mound visits. And it mm-hmm. does, in fact, speed the game along when you've got to think twice about whether you're going to go out there. I wish, however, that what they were really talking about were labor issues like service time, like this free agency hellhole that we're in right now. Remember, service time is how much time a player has to be active in the majors to count towards his free agency, right? How long the team has control over them. And last year, Acuna was held back as an example for a couple of weeks just to get him you know, under that minimum. So even though he was rookie of the year, he wasn't he didn't play for the majors long enough for that year to count towards his service time. So he's like starting all over again this year. This keeps players under team control for longer, and this year it's Vlad Jr. who is going to suffer from that. And I don't like that. So I I kind of wish they would pay more attention to those kinds of things. Let's let's hear a happy thing about sports. A happy day a happy thing is going to be a happy day, which is going to be opening day and I have to put it on my calendar. It is in only 38 days, 20 hours, 26 minutes and a matter of seconds from this recording. I better get that uh that leave request in so I can be there without going <laughs> I feel a little sick. So this week we're going to be doing some research on boyfriends on the Cubs and on the Astros. And you should do that too. And I just want to remind you, this today was very notable in that Potty Mouth ap- apologized three times, said nice things about current and former Yankees, said the words interpretive dance. And I didn't let inspirational quotes count against a boyfriend. So it's really quite a notable day, don't you think? We are so open-minded. We're so we open-minded. We can go anyway. We can roll with the tide. And if you, too, are open-minded baseball fans, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review if you have a second. Tell your 
open-minded baseball fan friends about us, or even if they don't like baseball, they might still like us. And until then, till next time, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. <laughs>